Hey, listening friends, I'm your host and coach, Laura Malone. As an entrepreneur and leader, wife and mom, teacher and creator, I am showing up to share possibility with you and help you find vision and wisdom because you deserve to be equipped and released as the hero of your own story. Coaching really does help you change your life. And if you want to know how to guide yourself and others well, I created this podcast just for you. It's a place where you can grab tools, teachings, and ideas for both personal and spiritual growth, as well as entrepreneurship and coaching, if that's your thing. So as you listen in, I pray I can help you create a legacy of impact and really start writing the story of a life you love living. Now let's jump into today's episode. I don't know about you, but I feel like a lot of people around me are in a slump, which is a little bit weird because we're entering spring and I don't know where you are, but hopefully spring is near you or coming soon to a theater near you. And I don't know if spring actually helps us always do the thing that we need to do or create a new plan, or if it sometimes takes us into this other thing of, oh my gosh, I've got spring cleaning. The sun is out. I need to go outside. Maybe it pulls us away from the things we need to do. And maybe it sometimes for some of us actually gives us inspiration to do the thing we need to do. I don't know. It feels that I there's a couple of different ways it could go. And I think that a slump could be happening for some of us. And specifically in the area of confidence. I'm not sure if spring or allergies have anything to do with this for you, but <laughs> it sure does for me. I'm My throat is itchy and I take Claritin and I'm still dealing with where we live. It doesn't snow, but it, it pollens. <laughs> That's what happens to us. So I love it. Everything is beautiful. Azaleas, wisteria, daffodils, all the things everywhere. I'm it's just so pretty outside. But when I come look uh, at what's going on with my coaches and my clients and the general world around me, I feel like there's a little bit of a slump happening. Maybe this is true for you right now when you're listening to this. Maybe it's not. That's okay because what we're going to talk about is really how you gain confidence. And I know I've talked about this in a couple of episodes, but I think it's really important that if right now you're in a confidence slump wherever you're at for whatever reason, regardless of what it is you're trying to be confident about, I want to help you dig yourself out. Here's the equation. Action equals clarity equals confidence. So you have to take action and then that produces clarity. Then that's where you get true confidence. And you have to learn how to take action that leads to clarity that will lead to confidence. Okay. Now we can apply confidence in our lives in two different realms. The first one is the most important one, and that is our confidence in Christ. So that has nothing to do with our abilities and our skills and our accomplishments or our experiences and definitely nothing to do with our success. It simply comes from our faith in him, trusting him with our whole selves, that in him we are complete. He's the, the author and the finisher, right? So 
The same equation applies in gaining confidence in Christ. Action, then clarity, then confidence. And this is how. You have to actually step into it and take action by reading the word and in prayer, abiding in him, allowing him to show you who you truly are, finding your identity in Christ, being the root system in Christ, right? Think of your identity because there's two measures of identity. There's the identity in Christ as who you are as a son or daughter of God, right? And that is your root system. But then think of that like all of the root systems of all the believers in the world, they're all rooted and grounded in the firm foundation of our faith in Christ. But then each one of us bears different types of fruit. We look like different kinds of plants. And then you get to learn, what do I look like? How do I look like my dad in a different way than my brothers and sisters in Christ look like my dad? So you, in the same way that you gain confidence spiritually and naturally, there's a root system and then there's the fruit system. That's the same thing for your finding your identity. You have a rooted identity as a son or a daughter in the kingdom. And then you have an identity that is manifested in the natural realm of who you are, how you show up, how God has specifically designed you and what he's specifically called you to do as a uniquely created individual that reveals his character and nature in this life on this earth. Okay. Now you have to take action in you're in gaining confidence in Christ. So then you take action and you come away with the clarity and the answers to all of your questions. Like, what is he calling me to? And who am I in him? Who is he saying I need to serve? What's he saying I need to create? All of your questions, when you take them to him with faith, he will answer you in his timing and in his way. It's, it's the action part of this equation. You must partner with him and then that brings clarity. But the partnership with your father and then your knowledge of his will brings the confidence of your spirit inside of your spirit. You know, it, your spirit drinks in that confidence because of the clarity and the action you've taken. And then that spills over into your soul and it gives you courage to then take action in the natural realm. This is where you're really walking through the journey on earth with the belief that God is good and he's given you green lights to walk out his will. He'll tell you when there's a yellow light or a red light. And you're not going to do this journey perfectly in your eyes or in the eyes of the natural man because we just look at it differently. We have different definitions, right? But when you walk out God's calling and will, it's perfect to him because perfect is just the fact that you've chosen to walk with him. You're walking towards him. You're drawing near to him. And he sees perfection as what the cross did and who you are in Christ. So God's looking at you like you are taking action with intention and faith. And that is exactly what he would hoped you would do. That's what he wanted. That's, that's perfect to him. So number one in actually taking action in this equation. I want to give you some ways to look at the action part of this equation is gain experience in the new things. So if you've never done something before, you simply have to just start doing it. 
take action in the areas that you're waiting for confidence in. Go get experience. Instead of waiting so you can avoid all the negative emotions like pain and rejection and failure and such, just take courage in Christ. Those things are what you're making them by your decision to think that something is painful or that you've been rejected or you've failed miserably and it's all just so uncomfortable. So go through the pearl practice when you're struggling with these things and remember that when you think something feels like rejection, it's coming not from what was done, but from how you have interpreted and defined what was done, that then you're feeling rejected because you're thinking that what was done was a rejection of you. But you can change your mind because it's not helpful to feel rejected and then Don't do anything because you feel rejected. It's more helpful to change what you're thinking and believing to align with the truth, which is you haven't been rejected. You've been chosen. You're adopted. You're a son. You're a daughter. And because of that, you can keep going because the rejection of man means nothing. And just because you were perceived a rejection doesn't mean it truly was a rejection. So change your mind to start thinking things that are actually helpful stories and thoughts and belief systems that lead to you taking action you need to take, right? Change your mind, repent from wrong thinking, small thinking, and see what God will do. Number two is to take imperfect action. Do it without the condemnation that you will do it imperfect, let that go. It is not a good narrative to believe. It doesn't get you anywhere. It's probably been harming you all of your life. If you think you can't take action until it's perfect the first time. And if you struggle with imposter syndrome, just start doing the thing. Do it so many times that imposter syndrome fades into the background. Doing the thing that the imposter is telling you that you can't or shouldn't do is exactly the weapon you have to take up against him. Because the real imposter is the lie you're agreeing with. The real imposter might just be the enemy himself. The real imposter is not you. You're a new creation. You're not an imposter. So when that imposter voice pops up, take it captive and challenge it against the truth. Because anything out of alignment with Jesus must obey him and fall silent as long as that's what you do with it. But if you agree with with the thought, If you agree with the lie, then you will stay out of alignment because that's where it's going to take you. But if you take your thoughts and your imaginations captive to the obedience of Jesus, like the Bible tells you to do, taking it captive means to confine it and don't let it do any damage. Don't let it have any more impact and then challenge it against the truth. And if it doesn't line up with the truth, it gets cast off to the cross and Jesus handles it, right? So... When the, the imposter voice like just rises up and you start hearing that you're not an expert yet, you're not perfect yet, who are you to be doing this, et cetera, et cetera, take it captive, confine it and challenge it because it's not true. The imposter is a lie. The imposter is not you. Number three, remember that failing is important. Now, once you actually go do a thing, 
and take action, you're going to get more clarity. And oftentimes that clarity comes through failure. That's just the price of success. If you want to succeed again and again, multiple times in any area, you've got to fail 10 times more than you succeed to get you there. If you succeed on the first time, it's likely the last time you will succeed because success doesn't cause the average human brain to dissect what was done and learn how to improve it, to replicate it. Success causes us usually to accept one success and get comfortable in it. But then we compare everything that happens afterwards to that first success. And then we feel like everything is a failure after the first success because we're comparing it to that. So allow yourself to do the things that fail, 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 fail so that you can succeed because you've seen growth, because you've evaluated, you've learned uh, through the failure, right? And then next is practice doing a thing again and again. If you don't keep at something, you're going to lose what you gained by beginning. So read a book like The 5 a.m. Cl- uh, the 5 a.m. Club. You do not have to get up at 5 a.m. And I'm sure the author would tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> but I don't get up at 5 a.m. Club. And I didn't while I read the book. <laughs> but I really appreciated the insights. Or the book Atomic Habits. Go do things and read books and consume content that helps you to learn why and how to become disciplined and diligent about doing the very thing that you say is your true goal that you want to do. Okay, the next thing is to make a plan. And I don't mean any plan. I pray that I actually don't succeed the first time on anything because I'm not going to learn as much if I succeed. I actually plan to fail. And yes, I do make a plan to succeed. That's my expectancy is that in in the long run, I'm just doing a thing that will eventually succeed, right? I have faith and expectancy and hope in success coming my way. But I have a more specific overall plan to learn. Learning is what's going to cause my success to be sustainable and repeatable. And that type of a success usually only comes from learning. And learning comes more holistically from failure than it does from success. And you have to get comfortable with the discomfort of failure. I was just teaching a class on this um, the other day about what's called discomfort immersion. Do something uncomfortable every day, whether it's, you know, when I asked for ideas in um, the workshop, different people were talking about like, turn the shower on really cold at the end of your shower, Um, get up earlier than you like to, you know, go longer in a, a, you know, a task that you don't enjoy, do it for longer instead of trying to cut corners and do it for shorter, right? So everybody has different versions of what that looks like, but discomfort immersion It could actually look like doing something that you will fail at every day and see what you learn. And then that leads me to the next step, which is evaluate and then reevaluate and then reevaluate and so on. So learn to stop and actually see what you've done. What are the outcomes? What are the results and how did you get them? What failed and why? What succeeded and what and why? And what was mediocre? And why? And how are other people outside of you experiencing the results that you created? What's the impact? 
How have you influenced people? And if you don't assess and then continue assessing, reevaluate, 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 you won't learn as much and you're going to miss a ton of valuable information that would have helped you create and maintain good fruit. Then once you've gotten more clarity through imperfect action that allows you to experience failures and successes, and then you've evaluated both, you're going to see that you've actually grown in confidence all of this way. And that confidence paves a path for you. So I want you to think of it like this. When you start moving through the woods, your first imperfect actions, they push the brush aside, right? They move all the branch, it moves all the branches. Then your clarity begins to create a gravel path beneath your feet. And then confidence, it's like a paved path, right? Smooth paved path. That's what confidence feels like. But once you have a paved path, you're going to experience greater courage for taking on all of the things that reveal themselves along that path. The hindrances and brick walls, the challenges, the brokenness, the the dark nights, <laughs> the stakes, all of that. You're going to have more courage on a paved path of confidence because you had clar- clarity that laid down a gravel path that actually was the preparation for the paved path. But before you could ever have a gravel path, you had to push all the brush aside and determine what actions would actually make a path in the first place, okay? So I hope this encourages you. And I want you to think like, what can you do today to get moving that actually looks like taking action that will get you clarity? And that's going to lead you to the confidence. And ultimately, you're going to have so much courage doing what you're called to do because of it. So I'm going to say, let's actually take action right now. And let's put it in the form of praying. Okay, let's just pray together. So Lord Jesus, I put my whole confidence in you. You alone are my strength and my shield and my anchor of hope. So draw near to me, Lord, as I draw near to you by reading the word and communing with you, spending time talking about you, spending time talking to you in the car, in the waiting room, in the laundry room. And I pray that our time together will develop more hope and the confidence that my spirit needs to lead my soul and my body well. Then When it comes time to take action in the natural realm and get results or to become who I've always been in your eyes or to succeed at following the dream in my heart, I ask that you would show me the next right actions I should take. So help me break down what I need to do in bite-sized steps that I can take and then that bring me the clarity I need based on what I've been doing and the outcomes, then I pray for that clarity to become confidence in the the process, plan, and purpose in front of me. me. Help me to survive the successes and thrive in the failures. Yes, Lord. Thank you for my calling, regardless of how much I know about it right now. 
regardless of how I'm walking it out, regardless of if I'm not walking it out. And thank you for inviting me to walk with you, to co-create with you. And thank you that you would even use my story to be part of bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. May all of my confidence be rooted in you, Lord, because you are the cornerstone of my life and you are the author and the finisher of my faith and my faith journey. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Bless you, friends. Have a great day. I so appreciate you as a listener. And if you are looking for a community of like-hearted believers who love all things coaching, be sure to jump into the Christian Life Coach Collective Facebook group. Do you think you might be called to become a certified Sterling and Stone Life Coach? We'll learn more about the Greenhouse course where you can get trained in just 10 weeks to start building the foundation of your coaching practice. All the links you need are in the show notes. Happy story making.